What's good, party people? This is Voodoo in the Woods. I'm according to the Woods, and he is former U of MMA champion, Pius Inalalobo, better known as Voodoo Maximus. And guess what? Fucks I run Woodley, guys. I've been saying that shit since UFC 209, which I was fortunate enough to be there. Shout out to former LXF. Bantamweight champion Albert the War Belizean Warrior Morales for providing me with a ticket to that fantastic event up until the fucking main event, which is Tywin Woodley and a guy who fought last night as well and got his ass whooped, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Can we just be done with these two? And especially fucking Wonderboy's ass brought all of his students up from South Carolina to Vegas. Now, I mean, I don't know. About that, I mean, he's a he's a you know nice uh, you know white collared person, you know uh, Wonder Boy is and everything like that. But you take all your you know motivated karate students to fucking Vegas to have you get your ass whipped by a, a gentleman who's a Muslim. <laughs> Merry Christmas! <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you hear somebody uh, in the audience uh, yelling terrorist type? talk at Bilal Muhammad? <laughs> I believe it. I absolutely fucking believe it, man, because uh, America, people are real Americans, man, and they're showing they fucking selves, man, and uh, I mean, if that's what you do, that's what you do, man. I, I, I don't have a dog in the hunt, you know? Um, so, I'm just saying, like, I, I, I whatever, whatever. Okay. But I'm just glad both Wonder Boy. I mean, this is this is what I've been trying to tell everyone since UFC 209. How many fucking how many fucking UFCs go with that? A shit ton, a literal mm -hmm. fucking shit ton. Uh, so I'm glad that they both lost in the same night, and it wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. Either one of them, you know. Uh, so shout out to Bella Muhammad and shout out to the the one Paul brother. I can't get the two. I know Nick and Nate Diaz. I can tell those two apart. I can't tell Jake and Logan Paul apart. So whichever one that fought Tyron Woodley, fuck yes, man. Kudos to you. You know, and unless you fucking do some video on a Japanese suicide force, fuck. Yeah. Um, but shit, man, I loved it. That was like Christmas come early, right? Literally a week early from Christmas, we were getting Tyron got not, dead Nick in the dirt, just not dead Dick in the dirt. And again, here's my problem with Tyron Woodley. I'm not saying he's a, a horrible champion or whatever, but speaking of champion, right? You championed yourself for better pay and better pay across the boards, and then also had boring ass fights, but also pissed Dana White off as a kind of trump card to go oh i have shit in hollywood i'm in movies look at me with the michael J. R. white look at me with my new rap album and shit like that right where the fuck is that now where because you got beat by youtuber twice and finished in the last one it's a rap son i mean mm. not your rap maybe mm. maybe it is mm. his rap because i haven't heard his fucking mixtape yeah, that means it didn't chart what at all um, but I'll beat your ass. I'll beat your ass. Oh, well, apparently that shit ain't YouTube because the YouTuber beat his ass. 
<laughs> in every conceivable way, you know. And uh, I heard, I heard a little birdie told me, a little birdie told me uh, that Woodley was signing up for the five hundred thousand dollar knockout bonus. Because <laughs> your ass got knocked out in the fifth. <laughs> $500,000 went the other way. Ah, 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 ah. So I'm just saying, Woodley, like you had a chance. You had a chance to be a beacon of the MMA community, an advocate for fighters all around the world, but specifically in the UFC. But what? You want to go tussle with the boss Dana White. You want to have boring ass fights, right? This is one where both... I mean, this is like when Ariel Hawani got fucking kicked off of ESPN this last time. The fighters were sticking up for him. Neither was the MMA fucking reporter community or the fans, right? Mm. So just saying. So Woodley, let's call it a call it a day. You know, this you're you're causing irreparable damage to your career and fuck the career, your life. Because again, flatline, flatline flatline so i'm just saying i was a happy boy last night that not that i would piss on anybody's grave but uh i'm just saying i i did i did pee a little bit when <laughs> both of them got knocked out in the there co, is. co and, and, and main event of their respective uh cards on the same fucking night hey there is one positive here tyron woodley got two paydays something he wouldn't have gotten in the ufc so at least there's a win for him there. And with the two paydays, if he's an intelligent man, he should be able to put to, put the money to use such that he never has to work again and he can use the money to make adequate living, you know, on the residuals, uh, if he knows what he's doing. If not, he'll be right back full circle, right where he's at, scraping and scrapping and getting knocked out. He's going to get fucking, you know what? Next uh, Triller pay-per-view, it's going to be him and the other basketball motherfucker, Nate Robinson. Mm -hmm. It's a, a game of rock'em, sock'em, robots. And again, Woodley will take the L, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm just saying. So um, I don't see Tyrone Woodley as a, a smart gent because he would have mm -hmm. never, uh, you know, went into this endeavor. It'd be one thing. You know, uh, what's his name? Askren, right? Askren, whatever. And you could see his ass laughing out, right? And, and you could argue that he took a dive. This wasn't a dive. He this got knocked a, out. He got knocked the fuck out. He literally dove to the ground mm -hmm. after being separated from consciousness. Um, he, earned, he truly earned his money. He earned that paycheck. He really earned that paycheck with his consciousness. Well, it is what it is. You said, you know, taking that dive and tackling shit and whatever. What do you expect from a world champion wrestler like Tyron Woodley, right? I mean, NCAA, all that and whatever. Yeah, he double like the fucking canvas. How about that? Right? <laughs> I'm just saying. But, I mean, on, in uh, further ado, we have UFC Fight Night, Chris Dawkins versus the Black Beast, Derek Lewis. And uh, we get this started off with a bit of a bang. Uh, Jordan, the Monkey King Levitt, against Matt Sales. And mm -hmm. Jordan Levitt, the Monkey King, pulls off only the third inverted triangle finish in UFC history. This guy is a record maker, uh, a record shatterer. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. A sh record shatterer. Um, mm -hmm. 
But uh, man, Jordan love it. Yeah, he did what he had to do, man. He re quickly realized that he was the better skilled grappler. He initiated the grappling. He uh, took his men to the ground, kept them on the ground. He did that for three rounds, and fortunately for him, in the third round, he was able to secure and uh, an inverted triangle. Uh, he didn't even have to use his uh, his arms at all. He was holding the man's body. He saw the opportunity, and his legs just went to work, sunk in the perfect perfect triangle and uh, inverted triangle, and that was that. Lights out. He eventually tapped to the to the triangle because it was so tight. Uh, it didn't look tight, but the victim knew it was tight, so he tapped. And uh, shout out to Jordan, man. He did what he had to do. And not just that he tapped, but he tapped literally uh, the monkey king's butthole. That's <laughs> that's how that's how in despair he was. He was tapping his asshole. We got a, a beat to the monkey king. You know, it was uh, it was like he got sected, right? You you know how in biology class and shit like that they tell you about the chicks and whatever, and their gender isn't whatever, so you have to blow on their genital region, right? So, uh, come on, future farmers of America, right? You have to blow and whatever the fuck to find out what sex he was. So, apparently, uh, Matt Sales was trying to figure out what the hell, uh, you know, the Monkey King identified as. Uh, so, shout out to that. Hopefully, he got his answers. Uh, yeah, they called Matt uh, some kind of striker, but I don't know. I, I don't he know what I... He struck his bottle. I don't know. <laughs> he, he struck his bottle. No. Hey, speak, hey, speaking of buttholes, in the second match, we have we have Dante Mays versus Josh Parisian. Uh, for some reason, the heavyweight wanted to show his grappling skills, and he did exactly that. He grappled the hell out of Josh, and then at one point, they were in north-south, and he did a technique that I'd never seen before. I had no idea that you can actually use your pelvis as a weapon. Dante uses pelvis as a weapon against his opponent's face, smashing him with with these thrust in action, which prompted uh, uh, the Irish dragon to to question what 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 was that? And I quote the Irish dragon. He said, "What was that?" And I I couldn't understand it myself. But eventually, he was able to secure the crucifix, and he dropped multiple elbows to the to his opponent's face. Securing the victory. Uh, did you catch that thrust in action? Um, you mean the face fucking, right? <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. Um, you know, that there was a face fuck. Uh, you know, one, two, three. And I was expecting, you know, uh, the uh, the gents, uh... Josh Parisian, to kind of like go like whatever because he caught a load. He caught a load. And, and for his <laughs> troubles, you know, I mean, this... I mean, if you're an atheist, this is a field day for you because you got a little bit of SM action with the three, you know, face fucks uh, by Dante Mays to Josh Parisian. And then you get a hammer from the crucifix. So, I mean, if you're an atheist going into Christmas, man, you had a field day with this one. Hey, you know, I remember, I remember John Jones talking about there was some fella that was a rapist that was being allowed to train in the gym. And uh, uh, I couldn't help but to to think: Is this the guy? Is this the guy? Because uh, because you know, after after the act and the round was over, he smiled and laughed about it. 
So I'm guessing maybe this is a guy John Jones was referring to, but I don't know. You know, it's a in gym secret, so I can't really pinpoint, but I don't know. Maybe this guy could have been sending a message to John. Who knows? Yeah. Well, uh, over on Twitch, Michael McKee says hi, and this is not on YouTube, which lies, sir, lies, because it is being streamed both on the Voodoo in the Woods YouTube page as well as the Bodyslam.net YouTube page. So how to say you're not subscribed to both channels without saying you haven't subscribed, that is it, good sir. And yeah, so so with, with that said, Mike, only, yeah, Mike McKay, Mike, Mike McKee. Go ahead and like, share, and subscribe to Voodoo in the Woods on YouTube as well, my brother. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, uh, I mean, all jokes aside, this one was really cool because uh, the fact that the heavyweights, you know, you saw every bit of every aspect of mixed martial arts. You saw Mm -hmm. striking. You saw kicking. You saw punching. Mm -hmm. You, You saw it all. Uh, mm-hmm. In this particular fight, and when you think of like, oh, let's say the old school Bjorn Rebney heavyweights, right? Like the uh, Ron Sparks and the Eric Prindles, big, you know, like butterbean looking dudes, mm-hmm. like built like mm-hmm. a fire hydrant, and they were just mm-hmm. like gas in the fucking third round, you know, or not even the third round, like the third minute of the fight, if it's a five minute fight, you know, and this wasn't that. So I, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm really, really interested to see what both guys do, especially, I mean, we have a heavyweight, you know, fight headlining the card, mm-hmm. you know, but what, how these two's trajectory in Don Sale Mays and Josh Parisian's, you know, whole, whole gimmick. Mm-hmm. Just like you said, man, all BS aside, this is what you need to do as a fighter in the UFC. This is what you need to do early on. Stack the W's. This man went in there and he didn't try to impress anyone. He went in for the W. He knew his opponent would not be a good a, a, as good a grappler as he was. So he went in there and utilized grappling, made sure he didn't take any damage. He got the W. He's moving on. He got the show money and he got the bonus for winning. So he's moving on. So when there's a fight that's really worth his while, then he'll risk his limbs, his arms and limbs and, 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 and his health to really truly entertain but i see nothing wrong with what he did nope nope not at all you know but you mentioned moving on so we'll move on right to the third fight of the night we had raquel pennington a ufc ultimate fighter alumnus against ufc ultimate fighter a couple seasons later Mm -hmm. uh winner macy chia san and Mm -hmm. my goodness raquel pennington just asserted her dominance and it's so wild because she's been in the ufc you know since her early to mid 20s right but it seems like it's been like a decade you know this is the season of ronda versus misha tate as dueling coaches right so that's got to be about if not 10 years then nearing 10 years ago right but raquel pennington is only 33 only 33 and my goodness, she showed the veteran savvy as I mean, she's a tenured young veteran, and it didn't even look like it was close. Macy Chiasan had almost nothing to thwart, you know, one Rocky Pennington, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Macy did exactly what she was supposed to do. She was the big body girl with the reach. She did everything right. She did everything right. Um, I saw her use the, all her knowledge as a fighter in this match. But unfortunately for her, Raquel Pennington knew just a little bit more. Raquel knew to get get in tight and use multiple striking to the body, to the head, angles. She did everything right. Uh, the grappling, everything was just a point, man. Uh, uh, eventually, uh, 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 Raquel was able to secure the guillotine choke. Her opponent made a crucial mistake. You know, uh, uh, my, my coach, Brian Peterson, says when you shoot for the double and uh, you're pressing uh, 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 your opponent against the fence, do not leave your head in there. Uh, you have to have your head erect, right? Almost like smashing with your shoulders, right? With your head erect. And um, this was a mistake by Macy. Uh, she left her head in there and uh, she got caught in the guillotine. And that was all she wrote. You know, you can't make these mistakes at this high level, man, especially against an opponent like like this, like a Raquel Pennington. Um, Macy had an opportunity to win because of the size and the ma- uh, distance management. She did a great job there, but she 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 left that neck and the neck got snatched. And that's how, that's that's how the game goes sometimes. Yeah, sometimes it beats like that, you know. Uh, but, you know, had erect, that sounds like you're still in the Dante Mays fight so i guess we'll move move on but michael mckee says adam told me he wants a, an exhibition fight with you Uh-oh. not at all yeah. not at all i mean let's do a burger off right let's see who can cram in and out more or hey i still owe you an in and out to you and shaman steve i haven't forgotten we might have to do that very soon yes hashtag never forget and you'll That's see right. this some of it's Order of fucking 10 by 10 or some shit. <laughs> Something crazy. Because uh, Voodoo got banked is what we're saying. Oh, yes. yeah, right. 100%. <laughs> Don't let the high get in the way of a good story. And that's a damn good story, good sir. Uh, but speaking of damn good, holy shit. Charles Jordan, right? Air Jordan is fucking amazing, man. He eviscerated Andre Yule. The third round was just fucking all like it was it was just like a diss this is a diss track mm-hmm. to andre yule right mm-hmm. right into mm-hmm. the final buzzer where he fucking this is smart and front kicked him and the, whatever just in case the judges forgot that hey he should fucking have the decision and he was probably mm-hmm. pissed that you know what because he has a hundred percent finishing rate in all of his wins so he was probably pissed off that he didn't get the finish that andre yule circled the drain just a bit, circle the toilet just a bit to earn him a decision victory rather than a finish. Mm-hmm. Hey, this right here, Charles Jordan was in what we like to describe as free flow. He accessed free flow early on and he utilized all his basic skills to get the job done. Uh, when it went to the ground, he was phenomenal. When it went to the fence, he was phenomenal. When it was hand-to-hand combat, he was phenomenal. He was just dialed in. Everything was firing on all cylinders. And um, as you can see, you could tell at the end of the fight, he had more. He had more. And he didn't know what to do with it. That's why you saw the emotion, the way it happened. You know, His eyeballs were, were flared out. And, 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 and he was highly alert in this matchup. Um, 
it was a beautiful match to watch. Jordan highlight real performance. Uh, he did what he had to do. Andre Eel, well, uh, uh, though he had the reach advantage and 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 all of that, he didn't utilize his jab like he was supposed to. He didn't manage his distance like he was supposed to. He allowed Charles Jordan to enter his circle, and Jordan did what he had to do, which was smash, Hulk smash. And uh, shout out to Jordan. Ewell, he'll be back. He'll be back. Uh, he's got to do something with that jab, man. He's got those long, lanky arms and legs. And um, he's not maximizing his skills or his gift, which are the limbs. He's not maximizing them to its full potential. This is why he's losing. So he's going to have to figure something out. Charles Jodain, though, I, I, if he continues like this, he's a star. If, if you yes. see, if Mick Maynard, Sean Shelby, Dana White, and the you know WME brass, whoever makes the fucking calls, like, I'm not saying, you know, it's unfair to call anybody the next McGregor, you know, because obviously, you know, McGregor is once in a lifetime. But mm -hmm. if you, I'm not a betting man, because I fucking hate that Brett Okamoto whatever show, I the, the betting show, which, I mean, to be honest, folks, I caught this, this card after the fact, and I caught the clips, right, because I got to skip the commercials on ESPN Plus, ha ha. So uh, there's a little bit of a life hack there. But every time the thing went off, it would go to the, the sports, the UFC sports betting show. And I swear to God, I fucking didn't need it. I didn't need it. I was trying to push that shit down my throat. But if I were a betting man, and I'm not, I would bet the fucking house, win, lose, or draw on Air Jordan. Because mm -hmm. this is a guy who, you know, two, three, five years you can build a division around. You can build, mm -hmm. you know, promotional opportunities. And he mm -hmm. he very much uh, digs all of that. He knows mm -hmm. what to do in the spotlight, knows how to perform. Uh, mm -hmm. So that that's what I'm saying. Like, mm -hmm. I know there's, you know, UFC fight bonuses and all that jazz. But if you're looking at the totality, my goodness, that's your day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh he looked phenomenal. He looked phenomenal. But speaking of phenomenal, oh wait, uh, uh, hey, hey, good sister, Takia. Yes, and Good's also up. Voodoo. I need an MMA jacket. Uh oh, an MMA jacket? You mean something like this? <laughs> that might work. Yeah, yeah, that might work. <laughs> you know, I don't know. As, as you were saying. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, in this next matchup, we have Mel Melissa Gatto, Gatto versus the Sarge Eubanks. Um, it looked phenomenal in the beginning. Um, as predicted, as we predicted, Melissa, jiu-jitsu specialist, uh, tried the jiu-jitsu, but the Sarge's uh, wrestling defense was just good enough to nullify all the jiu-jitsu uh, of Melissa. So now the fight has to be on the feet. So now we're in the third round. Um, they're getting down, throwing, slinging shots, you know. The first two rounds were a whole bunch of grappling. Now we're on our feet, and uh, we're getting it going. And uh, Melissa snaps a nice, beautiful front kick from the rear leg right to the liver, landed on the spot, and uh, imploded the Sarge right where she stood. Where she stood was where she fell. It wasn't one of those kicks where... You kick them and then they go flying. It wasn't none of that. 
it was it was not a push kick like like the Muay Thai specialists would do. This was a snapping kick like the karate fellas would do and the taekwondo fellas would do. These are the more supreme kicks, if you ask me. As you can see, compress the liver, not push the human being backwards, you know, with the force. You wanna you wanna hit with the ball of the foot, this part, not the whole foot, right? Just this part right here, the ball part. And uh, as you can see, the Sarge crumbled, and that's where it ended. Beautiful fight of the night. No, no, no. Beautiful performance of the night, worthy uh, 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 technique. And uh, she got $50,000 for that front kick, man. A beautiful snapping front kick is way more valuable to me than one of those push kicks. Yeah, well, uh, Takea says, hell yes, on the yeah. MMA jacket. Uh, you can have it. There you go. I'm also going to say, oh, hell yeah. That's what so cool Steve Austin would do. Um, but yeah, man, this one stopped the Sarge dead in her tracks, which also seems like it could be the tale of her UFC career. At a 7-7 seven and seven record, it's not looking good. Now, mind you, Sarge, you know, going into Fight Island, which is the first time that we saw her in a long while, she was three and four, right? So she was able to have a bit of a career resurgence, right? With, I mean, she put everybody on notice when she beat the Raging Panda, Julia yeah. Avila, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so, but this one, it just, I don't she know. She got caught slipping, man. She got, she got caught, caught slipping. Yeah, she got absolutely. caught slipping. You got to respect the snapping kicks. See, the thing about the snapping kick it, kicks are, uh, they don't pack the same force as a Muay Thai roundhouse kick or Muay Thai teak kick. They don't pack the same force, but they have enough force to knock you out cold, cold. You know what I mean? As you can see, a, a nice compression of the liver, and look at what we have here. Doesn't have to be 100% blast. All you need is a nice 30 to 40% snap. You know what I'm saying? And you'll get the same job done. You don't have to oversaturate, right? You don't have to oversaturate. Just precision striking is enough. And that's what we saw here. A nice, precise ball kick to the liver, drops the opponent, and ends the fight immediately. No, 100%. And uh, Takia says, uh, you guys are amazing. I'm a big fan of Voodoo. Well, get right back at you because I'm a big, yeah. big fan of Takia as well as one Voodoo Maximus. So That's right, is, Takia. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, we go from Gatos to, to Taffas because mm -hmm. we had Justin Taffa against Harry the Hurricane Huntsucker, which mm -hmm. – uh, a hurricane hit the shit out of Harry because, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. This, uh, I mean, literal, I acknowledge Justin's Alpha as my tribal chief because mm. he's tatted up from the waistline all the way down to his uh, <laughs> right above the knee, right? But uh, shout out to the Aussie, I mean, the, Samor, the Samoan, Aussie-born Samoan. That, that's what I'm going with uh, because... Holy shit, man. I mean, obviously, much like uh, his teammate Tai Tuivasa, uh, he kind of, it feels like he's like a knockout artist, just striking and what have you. With And this one is a short one. But we saw 
you know, Justin's off as grappling, a grappling defense, takedown defense, and uh, he did some fucking spinning shit because that's mm. what ended up being the absolute end of Harry Hunsucker of this particular night. Yes, yes. Uh, Justin Toffa, first heavyweight in history to miss weight at heavyweight. No heavyweight in the UFC history has ever missed weight. I mean, how do you miss weight at heavyweight? But let's put that aside. He had one strike against him. So he comes into the match. They start fighting. Uh, Harry, being a complete fighter and a former champ himself, double champ, you know, he realized, okay, this is a very strong human being. Let me uh, fight him in a mixed martial art, mixed martial art fashion. And he tried to get the takedown in which Justin sprawled on him. And um, they, they, they fought. They got back up. And uh, Justin found an opportunity to deliver a devastating roundhouse kick to the head. Uh, he threw the kick. His opponent blocked it. But the tree trunks that Justin was wielding were so powerful and massive that even though his opponent blocked the kick like such, there was so much force that he ended up punching himself in the face, knocking himself out, dropping to the ground, and the fight was ended immediately. I mean, the force, the big giant legs of Justin Taffa, the way he swung that tree of, of uh, you know what I mean? He swung it so hard. Even though the man blocked the kicks, he blocked it. So much force that he ended up hitting himself in the face with his own hands and uh, ending his own night. And uh, shout out to Justin Taffa. Justin might have saved his job. I believe we will see Justin one more time, at least one more time. Yeah, and uh, Takia says, ah, oh, thank you. No, uh, thank you. Thank you for your ardent support, <laughs> Takia. Uh, we love having you here as well as everyone else. Now, uh, you said, how do you miss weight at, at heavyweight? First off, he's not the first. He's, uh, he's probably the first to actually fight because usually when people miss weight at heavyweight, they're like, no, fuck it, we're not doing it, right? But you haven't tried polisami. You haven't had fucking corned beef wrapped in, in, in banana leaves dipped in fucking coconut milk. You haven't had the Polynesian and Melanesian treasures, my God. And I can Not tell yet. you, I can tell you from ultimate experience, first-hand account, <laughs> that you can miss weight at heavyweight. I might be a heavyweight <laughs> right now in the auspices of the UFC right now because of that good-ass Polynesian food. So I'm just saying, shout out to Polynesia, <laughs> Melanesia, and all the islands. This is a big one for us. Uh, I know uh, in both the Chia Son uh, instance as well as Tafa, uh, Joe Martinez, man. Shout out to Joe Martinez, longtime U uh, UFC and WEC, oh, just combat sports ring announcer, cage announcer. But he, if you guys noticed, did something that, I, I mean, a lot of people just barely caught last night, but he's done it his entire career, where he goes weighed in over the whatever division. Yeah. <laughs> like, BCGS on over the limit of whatever. Justin Taffa, over the limit. <laughs> he added it to the introduction. That shit was gangster's rock, man. But he's done it. Go back to the WEC and, and, and put it in your UFC fight pass. When a fighter miss weight, he's done it pretty much for damn near 20 years. 
So shout yeah. out to Joe Martinez. But uh, again, we need to get some some Polynesian food in uh, in Voodoo Maximus because I, he will know you can fucking miss weight at heavyweight. <laughs> I'm down with that. Hell yes. Hey, I'm damn near heavyweight myself right now, so let's get it. <laughs> let's, let's get it. But speaking of getting it, you know who got it? You know who got that shit? Mr. GM3, Jared Michard. He got that shit, man. And uh, Dustin Stolfis, you know, came all the way from Germany, right? And he now fights here in the USA to basically parlay his dream of being in the UFC. And it's here. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm finally in the UFC. He probably said it in German. It, it probably wasn't mm -hmm. as high-pitched or whatever. Mm -hmm. But guess what? You know who didn't give a shit? Gerald Mishart. Because he is the most, at 34 and 14 after this fight, he is the most tenured fighter that nobody really knows of. Like, mm. nobody. I, I mean, outside, you, you go outside and ask somebody, who did, have you heard of GM3? They probably think that you're talking about, well, some, you know, some car. Razor, or a razor or that you, you got out of the damn infomercial. That you get two for the very low price of 99 99 99 whatever the fuck. But I'm just saying, Gerald Mishart, man, finding a way to win. Not just a way to win, but a way to finish, right? And this one, uh, unfortunately, didn't net him the the $50,000 bonus. But um, Jesus Christ, man, Gerald Mishart. And did you see in the first round where he tried to pull off that sleek-ass armbar? You mm -hmm. know, that was some amazing amazing shit even like the, the commentators were like oh my god like that is so sleek because i mean yeah. literally you know dustin stolfis was literally punching down and gerald michard the tenured veteran that he is literally caught that fool slipping and i was hanging off of his arm i'm surprised dustin stolfis as big as gerald michard is yes this fight was a contracted 185 pound but i guarantee you both gentlemen are closer to 200 if not the 205 light heavyweight mm -hmm. deal by the time they suck him into the octagon so with mm -hmm. that all being said this one this one was amazing um and uh, you know i don't know what happens with me shard i hope he he doesn't like i, I mean obviously he's gonna go up in the rankings right, as well mm -hmm. he should but uh, mm -hmm. is he going to get a, a 185 uh, is he going to be in contention uh, with one israel adesanya i i don't know i don't i don't know and also that's a treacherous climb even to get to the top of the mountain or midway through the mountain and you voodoo maximus who's ran up and down mountains like dang you mm -hmm. killed your dog you know, um, <laughs> oh, Peter's gonna love that. Uh, no, but, but he, he, the dog could fucking run the LA marathon by himself. Uh, so, Voodoo Maximus is training. But with that all being said, Gerald Richard, another win, another finish to his illustrious career. Yeah, it was a very good performance for, for Jared. Um, Dustin brought the fight to him, and it was a complete fight. It was a complete mixed martial arts fight from top to bottom. They struck, they kicked. They they grappled, they they dirty boxed, they did everything in the book. But the experience of Mirshard paid dividends as he was able to secure the rear naked choke eventually in the third round. And uh, what an exhausting performance it was for him. Um I I I never seen him perform that well until this particular fight. It was very impressive. Shout out to, to GM3. Um, I'm not I'm not really into his fights 
but this one put me on notice. Um, I actually paid attention. Um, it's worthy of rewinding and studying, right? If there's a match that you can watch and study for tricks that you haven't seen before, this particular match is one of those matches. It's worthy of studying if you are a new fighter uh, uh, and you want to be at the highest level. This is the highest level in performance, in, in mixed martial arts performance. This is one of them right here. So uh, young fighters, study up, man. Fight number seven in this card was phenomenal. Like AJ Styles, it was absolutely phenomenal. But uh, you know what was phenomenal is I, I can admit when I am wrong, and I was wrong about this one, Voodoo was absolutely right. But we had Cub Swanson taking on Darren the Damage Elkins. And the Killer Cub was all out with the Killer Instinct uh, on this particular night. Now, we didn't see it until after, but... Uh, his family, you know, his wife, Kenda Perez, you know, the, you know, the MMA personality that hasn't fought, right, uh, you know, to, to Cub Swanson standards. She's not a real reporter because, you know, she doesn't actually fight. Right. You remember Cub? Right on. But, uh, um, you know, the, the family was there sitting octagon side, which yeah, after, right. after the smashing machine. And, you know, uh, what's it? Uh, Mark Coleman in uh, in Pride. You don't want to mm -hmm. fucking do that. That shit yeah. might not work. Might, might not, work, not out. work out. I know. No, no. But it did for the Swanson family on this day. And Christmas is looking a little bit more brighter because you have a $50,000 bonus. And it was quick work of damage. Um, I mean, literally, what, two minutes and 12 seconds in the very first round. Uh, yeah. So, you know, uh, shout out to Cub Swanson. You know, uh, I know I talk. It was just that one comment that that kind of set me off. That all all MMA reporters should have at least one fight and whatever. Uh, that's like nobody. That's that's like yeah. literally nobody. Uh, but you know, Cub Swanson. Every time that I've been around him, he's been amazing. Uh, so shout out to to, to the Swansons. You know, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, coming out of the the area where they are in the high desert area. You know, kind of. Palm Springs, um, Palm Springs, but not, but not, not the Frank, not Frank, Frank Sinatra Palm Springs. We're talking about like the dirty, gritty part of it. You know, people are rafe with addictions and whatever. So the both, ghetto part, absolutely. So both Cub and his brother Steve, who has had a uh, MMA, you know, uh, career in his own right. Um, shout out to them for for kind of making it out, man. Like. Uh, you guys are doing the good work. So, and uh, Takea says, uh, Vidi knows I'm an MMA fan and I love it. We are too. We are too. Yeah. yeah. But uh, your thoughts on this one? Um, this one went as 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 uh, expected. Darren Elkins is a, your old school traditional uh, grinder, respectable blue collar fighter. Cub Swanson is a blue collar fighter, but. He's one of those dudes. They, I'm, I'm going to use a prison inmate analogy. Uh, he's one of them dudes that get a pass to go home on the weekend. You know what I mean? Because he's got the ability to be, to be old school, blue collar, but yet be uh, uh, very well versed in in the in the realm of lateral movement and 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 free flow. He he he's able. He's been doing this. He's been He's had, he's always accessed free flow. 
Cub Swanson. This is why I took notice of him long time ago. Even before I started competing, I, I've already known about Cub Swanson. Uh, like I said before, uh, I saw a, a highlight video of him, and this is where I got my, my, my walkout song as an amateur from his video. Uh, Cub Swanson looked great. He knew he had the, the whole fight in the bag when he signed the contract. He, he knew his lateral movement would, would be a key factor because Elkins is only great when he's moving forward or moving backwards in a straight line. But when you have someone that, that cannot stand still and, 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 and be a, a, a reciprocal type fighter for Elkins, you know, he's going to be in trouble. And that's what Cub is. He's that anti-straight line. He 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 he's like that guy that's always bouncing around. And though he's standing there, he's not going to be there when you attack. You know, he is this guy. He's very very. He's got fast twitch muscles, and um, his counter striking is superb. And if you're not counter striking, he'll come attack you in an awkward way, such that you know he'll catch you slipping, stun you. Uh, throw a wheel kick that almost takes your head off. And then, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, his two punch was key. His hooks were key in this particular matchup. The two to the three was fantastic. And uh, that's what stunned his opponent. He threw the wheel kick, but the wheel kick didn't really land. His opponent was still off balance from the two, three that, that rocked him. And um, that was that, man. Shout out to Cub Swanson. Uh, that 50 G, you know what I'm saying? Go do something nice with that for your family, man. Uh, don't spend it. Invest it. No, 100%. 100%. Now, Jamal King-Harris, who will be fighting at High Rollers, BJJ, <laughs> uh, January Carter says prison inmate analogy. Also on Derek Lewis. No, we'll yeah. definitely get that. Brother. Yeah. And he says, bro, Derek is Bubba from prison. <laughs> is that like a, like like Bo, like Bo Derek? Bro Derek? Or... <laughs> Is that no? Uh, uh, he is. He is indeed Bubba. You know what I mean. He's that dude that 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 pounds you and takes your chon chon. <laughs> Wait, is is that the guy from the history? Like I'm gay. I like men's butts. Ooh, nothing. Hey, nothing hey, more I scrumptious can... than a man's butt. And he was like crying. He was like. I can definitely see Derek Lewis in that movie Penitentiary. Penitentiary okay. one, two, and three. <laughs> well, I was paying attention to Penn and Teller's bullshit. So I don't know. Maybe it was the wrong show. And Shaman Steve says, Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon, Shaman Steve. Uh, Shaman. Yeah, glad to have you here. Welcome to the party. But the party don't stop because we had oh but uh, before we go, um yeah. I gotta never want to see. A damage Elkin fight again. Darren Elkin has basically been in wars. And yes, the Cub Swanson is Cub Swanson, right? And all of the thing that you all of the things that you said, Voodoo, is absolutely true. You know, he is uh, you know, an ardent mixed martial artist with, with a tenured, tenured history. But also with all of the wars that Darren Elkins has been in, his chin ain't what it used to be. Like, he got tapped, for, like, obviously, I, it's weird to call it earlier in the card because it ends in two minutes and 12 seconds of the first round. But in the opening stanza, he gets, like, popped. And 
I don't think it was the hardest of strikes, and but like he, you know, it, you could tell it wobbled him. Uh, it, it was one of the hardest of strikes. It's just that he, you know, he couldn't deal with the angles, you know, that angle strike. He couldn't deal with that. He's more into that brawling type. I hit you, Rock'em Sock'em Robot. He's great at that. You know what I mean? I hit you, you hit me, but he cannot deal with that. I try to hit you, I miss, I get hit. He can't deal with that. He can't deal with that. And that's what happened. So those shots that, that you can't see coming, they hit harder than the ones that you see coming. Even if the one that you see coming was thrown with full power and the other that you don't see coming was thrown with half the power, the one with half the power is going to do more damage because he didn't see it coming. And 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 that's what he was dealing with in, in Club Swanson. He just couldn't deal with that counter-strike. The, the, the fast twitch advantage was very clear. And, and, you know, Cub Swanson, when he throws a punch, he throws with 1,000%. Every time, every single time. And on top of that, he bounces into it. He throws his body weight, channels all that energy of his body weight, goes through his arm, and it comes out here. And this is why Cub Swanson is so dangerous. And that's why Darren Elkins was still loopy from the 2-3 that rocked him, even before the whip kick came yeah, and, and, and towed him in the face. He was hit by a toe. You know what I mean? He wasn't really hit. Even even the, the ball part of the foot didn't even hit him. It was like the toes that hit him, which was very, very lucky for him because he could have really gone to the hospital. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but I just, you know, the damage, you know, I, I don't, uh, it's it's rough. I I, I, I kind of hope that it, for longevity of his life, fuck his career, his life, that he, it's done. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. done. Because uh, yeah. the chin isn't what it used to be. It could be aspects of the weight cut, but we've seen him in wars. I, you know, speaking of Woodley and and uh, and Wonder Boy, you know, again, that's my my number two, my second greatest fight that I've seen live is Darren Elkins and uh, Mursad Bexic, right? And the first is Jalen Turner, Richard Leroy, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So with that all being said, that was a war. He was getting his ass kicked, like literally. Two, what was it? 12 minutes, 12, 13 minutes. And it was like a buzzer beater before the end of the third round where he kind of gets it together. And, you know, an exhausting Merced Bactic gets waylaid by Darren Elkins. And I've been mm -hmm. a fan of Darren, unlike Woodley and Wonderboy, but I've been a fan of Darren Elkins since, even though he, he, you know, he goes far back to the WEC, much like Cub Swanson, but. You know, UFC 209 what is what solidified my love and, and homage to one Darren Elkins. But I think it's time. I think it's yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Elkins, Speaking of time. Oh, good. Yeah. Elkins. Elkins. He, he, he doesn't have the time or the frame to evolve. He's hit his peak. He's he's already dropped from his peak he doesn't have uh, it's very difficult to to express this but it's a fact uh he doesn't have what it takes to evolve with this sport and and cub swanson still does because the sport is moving towards fast twitch muscle groups right not the large muscles anymore no not we we don't 
lift and bench press anymore to become powerful, right? That was the old days. Now you're, you're, you're running on your tippy toes. You're hopping here and hopping there, catching little balls. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's a speed game now. It's a speed game. It's a snapping game. And, and, and all that power stuff is going out the door. It's going out the door. I mean, look at the heavyweight division. Uh, every now and then, you will catch a situation that we had in the main event. But mark my words, the leaders of tomorrow will be fast-moving people, even at heavyweight. Even at heavyweight. Trust me. You'll see. No, 1,000%. And, I, I mean, that Dante Mayo... Dante, Dante Mays um, and uh, was it Parisian fight? Josh Parisian mm-hmm. fight showed you exactly that. And uh, Jamal here says uh, Cub is slick with his stand up, right? And mm-hmm. like you said, uh, he, he being uh, Darren Elkins, is just a move forward brawler. I mean, his name is the damage, of course. Yeah, yeah, the damage, damage goods. Damaged goods, and you know that kind of reminds me of something my my now my my Fijian grandmother said that you care for what you name yourself or your kids because mm. it comes true, and mm. he na- nicknamed himself the damage. Literally has it tattooed across his chest and taken a hell of a lot of damage. You know, Show and that I, damage. I, yeah, and I'm sure he went the other way that he causes damage to others, but um, and that was true. At one point, but I think it's true no longer. <laughs> hey, he needs yeah. to get a new tattoo on top of that says causes. <laughs> causes damage? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Causes the damage. I like it. I like it. But that, does he have enough chest space? <laughs> or he can uh, write it can... on the neck. He can oh, do it ooh, on his neck. Ooh, on his neck. <laughs> too soon. Didn't we have the guy? Uh, get stabbed in the neck at the Snoop Dogg concert. Right, right. Yeah. Hey. R.I.P. That guy. Ooh. Yeah, that's hey. that's that's rough. Um, hey. But speaking of rough, Mateus Garmons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm sorry, Gamrot. I wanted to mm-hmm. call him uh, something French, <laughs> but uh, he he meleeed Diego Fiera, which uh, mm-hmm. was this or the Darren Elkins one, where after they got KO'd. Um, they were trying to still fucking take something down, take their opponent down. Do you remember? The Darren Elkins, he well, was there, just... oh, it was, yeah, Darren, it was Darren Elkins, yeah, yeah, cause... it was this guy, it was Fiera, okay, it was Fiera, yeah, oh, it yeah. was Fiera, um, yeah, that's mm-hmm. okay, that's how Fiera. I that's that's how I remember, uh, because yeah, my yeah, the who... thing about the, the thing about getting knocked out is sometimes you're you're unconscious, but the physical continues like a chicken with its head cut off mm-hmm. you know it you know you you train your body to 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 act without without being being told to right they call it muscle memory and all that so that his body snapped into into you know into into action right he had been shut out the brain was shut out not completely but the body continued to, to try and secure a a favorable position, even though the fight was already over. And, uh, you know, that's what we have here. Diego Fiera, uh, not too long ago, just had a war with uh, Benio Dariush in which he looked fantastic. But then he goes in there against this young buck, you know. Uh, 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 I mean, he's not so young, but 
he's young in movement. He's young in movement. The fast twitch muscles are, are plentiful in Mateus. You know, the lateral movements are there. Uh, uh, the fast twitch is in effect. Uh, he's on his way towards free flow, right? Whereas we have Diego Fiera, he's like a Darren Elkin, you know? He, he's, he's, uh, he's that outdated computer software that cannot be upgraded. Like the that laptop that I use right here, it's an Apple computer, but it's from 10, 15 years ago, right? Uh, I cannot use it anymore to FaceTime. Why? Because the programming is very, very old. Uh, the new program is different. So even though it's got the capability of using camera and all that, I can't, I can't even use it to do this particular program anymore because it's too old, you know? And this is what we have in these fighters, the Diego Fiera. I mean, they work great. They, they, they are great fighters still, but they don't have that intangible, which is fast twitch, free flowing, lateral moving, you know, snapping, kicking. They don't have that. They don't have that. They're stuck in their old ways. Like Conor McGregor would say, they're stuck in the mud. And this is the problem. This is the problem. They're too flat-footed. They don't bounce on their feet like a Taekwondo artist or a boxer would. They don't do these things. And this is why they're losing. Yeah, it's uh, not fun to lose. Not fun to lose. But again, you know, Mateusz, you know, coming away with the, the victory, the Polish power basically uh coming into play so shout out to mateus but uh wait yeah no 100 um mm -hmm. but in the 10th fight of the night we have ricky simon against rafael rafael asensao and you remember i always bring this up because asensao was supposed to be the future of the bantamweight division a future champion of the bantamweight mm -hmm. division but that was that future was three to five years ago and, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's no longer. It's no longer. He, compared to his younger, I mean, the difference between the two, I, I, I think they said it was 10 years, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, a, a sensao, man. I, I, don't, I don't know where he goes from here, man. I, I don't, because this is his fourth straight loss. Now, mind you, Marlon Moraes, former World Series of Fighting champion, Corey Sanhagen, who many believe is the next... Well, I mean, he, he fought for the interim title, right? Cody Garbrandt, former uh, UFC Bantamweight champion, right? So mm -hmm. champion, title contender, champion, what have you. Um, you know, and that's that's essentially where we stand with him. And those are... You could argue, ah, oh, that was just a tough luck of the draw. Look, he was facing a former champion in Marlon Moraes of World Series of Fighting, or he's fighting a title contender in Cody, Corey Sanhagen, or with Cody Garbrandt of former champion. But Ricky Simon is on the upward trajectory, and he got beat by a young gun. And this makes it 0-4 for mm -hmm. Rafael Asensao in his last mm -hmm. four fights. So, mm -hmm. you might see some bloodletting from the mm -hmm. UFC roster as he may get uh, get cut. And uh, Asensio has been around, I believe, since the days of WEC, right? Yep, absolutely. Hey, we're talking Fuel TV versus... <laughs> we're talking way back, man. So 
it is what it is. The man, he's run his course. Like he's another uh, another example of failure to evolve, failure to develop those muscle groups that will take you into the next realm. And Ricky Simone, he's got that. Ricky Simone comes from wrestling. He comes from wrestling, not jujitsu. His wrestling nullified the jujitsu assault of of Asuncao, and that's what we have. Uh, he forced Asuncao to stand where he is not comfortable. Uh, Asuncao can scrap, but Ricky Simone's got that bounce. He's got that lateral bounce, and when he hits you, he's gonna hit you with his entire body. You know, he's gonna hit you with his entire body. You know, we have that right hook to that uppercut, shut him out, light him out, turn him off, and that was that. You know, he sat him in a corner and he, he uppercutted him to oblivion, almost knocked his head off his shoulder, and he stayed where he was sat, where he sat. He stayed there and went to sleep. Sorry, my son Sal. The game's over. That's it. Game over. You know, uh Ricky Simone was ready player one. Uh so yeah. Yeah, uh, don't know where we go from here, but we know where we're going. We're going to the fight of the night between Amanda Lemos and one former Invicta uh, uh, champion, uh, strawweight champion, I should say, Angela mm -hmm. Overkill Hill. Uh, mm -hmm. And you know what? You, you know what? Do you know who Angela Hill's grandfather is? No. Who? Bar Barney Hill. Do you know who Barney Hill is? Yeah, yeah, the TV show from back in the day. No, 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 no. that's Benny Hill. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was about to say, what? No, no, no. Nah, who's this Barney Hill? Barney Hill is the first person to him and his wife were the first confirmed UFO abductees. Oh, you know, how I know that. Oh, float over to the Joe Rogan podcast uh, after this one, but uh, it's the episode with Theo, the most recent episode with with uh, Theo Vaughn, and I can't remember why they brought it up or whatever, but he, you know, it was like they were talking about aliens and whatever, and Barney Hill and his wife. It was an interracial relationship in the fifties, which was, mm. you know, we're we're taboo, we're, yeah, absolutely, right? We're still in the Jim Crow era, so. Mm. Uh, yeah, man, it's you know, but uh, they were a mixed race couple, right? Mm. And then also abducted by aliens, and everybody called bullshit on them and what have you. But they've never changed their story, so I'm just saying, mm. you know. Uh, and yes, they've gone on interviews and uh, all that jazz and what have you, but their story is consistent. And their granddaughter, Barney, and his wife's granddaughter is Angela Hill, meaning that. Literally, their offspring is Angela Hill's dad, which is mm. fucking cool. But speaking mm. of abductions, I mean, if you're going to abduct this from your fight of the night contendership, you're fucking out of your mind. Because mm. Takiya says it best. Okay, let's talk about champion Angela Hill. She did her thing, 100%. Mm. As did, you know, as did Lemos. I mean, this, mm. is, this is amazing. And yes, Angela is so tough. Couldn't agree mm -hmm. with you more. Uh, mm -hmm. These two, again, I just, and it's wild because Angela Hill is 36, about the same mm -hmm. age I am. And, you know, her fight IQ is still growing. You know, it, it's it's still completely growing. You know, when you think about it, she was kind of portly, right? She, she wanted to get into kickboxing 
to lose weight. And she does it, and then her her coach is like, why don't you fight? She fights. First Muay Thai fight championship. She didn't give a shit. Won a title in her first combat sports anything. She's incredible, right? Mm -hmm. But you got to mm -hmm. think about the immigrant mentality of mm -hmm. Amanda Lemos, right? Mm -hmm. That's something that I mean, floating back to Rogan, right? We, uh, he had on Chito Vera, Marlon Chito mm -hmm. Vera. And mm -hmm. if you hear his story and you know his story, and that is somewhat something I encourage all of you to check out to know what's important and you know what it can mean to be an American, right? Especially if your parents or you yourself hail from another country, this is it. And I think that aspect, if this theoretically is a game of inches, whether it be striking, whether it be grappling, you know, a, a slip here, uh, you know, a, uh, you know, a move here, a duck here, right, could meet you from certain death, you know, prevent you from literally dying, right, or jujitsu, you know, you're okay in a knee bar, you're okay, oh, fuck, my ACL is gone, right, so with that all being said, I think this, just kind of culturally, I just think that this was the inch that Amanda Lemos had over Angela Hill because both absolutely tough fighters, tough women, tough fighters, tough people, and what have you. This was a love letter to MMA. If you don't know what MMA is about, drop in here, drop into this this fight, rewatch that, and and figure it out. If you're like, oh my gosh, there's fights every weekend or whatever, when you got gems like this, don't matter. Don't matter what's happening next weekend, next year, next whatever the hell. It's right now. And this right now, what both ladies showed, uh, I mean, it showed the UFC brass that they were worth $50,000 each in addition mm -hmm. to their fight purse. So I'm just saying, shout out to Amanda Lemos, the winner. Also shout out to the, the tough competitor that is Angela Overkill Hill. Okay. When I look at this fight and I look at Raquel Pennington and Macy Shearsong, I prefer them. Raquel Pennington versus Macy Chiasson for the fight of the night. I prefer that because it was a decisive victory and 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 it was more competitive if you ask me. Uh Amanda Amanda Limos was great. So was Angela Hill. They were both great. But I prefer that fight over this fight. Now, second, I believe Angela Hill won this fight because yes, yeah, she took some some shots. They both took shots. Angela might have taken more shots than Lima or uh, Limos, but she landed more strikes. She was more, she pushed the issue a lot more. She had the opponent on the heels a lot more. Uh, uh, she dictated where the fight was or what was to take place. Uh, she did take heavier shots, but I do not believe she lost this match. Uh, yet again, the judges rub, robs Angela Hill of her victory and this has happened at least five times since i've been watching her fight she comes so close she does enough to win and yet she doesn't get it um i don't know what she has to do i don't know what she has to do because now she's 13 and 11 and at least five to six of these matches should be in the win column for her so it, it sucks to see someone work so hard and not get rewarded for for their their hard work but 
at least uh, uh, the president, uh, Dana White, took notice of this and gave them both $50,000 each because he feels the same. I, I caught him in the post-fight conference saying he gave the fight to Angela Hill as well. I'm guessing this is why he uh, uh, gave them the fight of the night. I thought the, uh, the uh, other fight, Rocky Pennington fight, was a lot more competitive, uh, more technical. Uh, um, uh, uh, um, when in, in regards to to striking at the highest level, that's what I saw in Raquel Pennington and Macy Chiasson. Chiasson being the bigger body, Raquel being the smaller body. Uh, Raquel using the experience to exploit the bigger body, getting in, you know, hitting the body, moving on to the head. Everything was phenomenal in that fight. Um, it was it was closer to perfect than Amanda Lemos versus Angela Hill. My personal opinion. Um, it is what it is. It absolutely is what it is. But you know what else it is? It is the co-main events of the evening. We have Bilal, remember thy name, Muhammad. Oh, it's remember my name, Muhammad, mm -hmm. against one Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Mm -hmm. And uh, we do, uh, you expressed something pretty early on. Um, uh, what was being chanted at, at Bilal Muhammad? They were calling him a terrorist. They were saying Wonderboy lost to a terrorist. Yeah, that's where we're at, you know. And Yeah, only in America. Only in America. I mean, I'm sure it happens in other places. I mean, there's like the whole Israel-Palestine deal that I am not qualified to talk about at all, right. so I won't. But uh, I'm just saying, you know, um, I like I like this, and especially the fact that you know uh, Bilal in his post-fight speech was talking about his brother, you know, was diagnosed with cancer, didn't want to tell Bilal at all because you know he wanted him to make sure that he stayed prepped and ready for this fight. He didn't want to divert attention from his brother in his co-main event, and uh, you know. This makes it all more sweeter uh, for the Mohammeds. This is a great win, and Wonderboy got trounced. And it was like, it, okay, I understand what Wonderboy was trying to do by literally having almost his entire, what I would assume, a large part of him and his dad's, uh, you know, karate studio from South Carolina, where they're from, to go to Vegas. But I'm all like. Christian dude, right? Karate guy, Wonder Boy, you know, kind of like whatever. And you bring a bunch of kids to the city of sin and what have you to watch you get your ass kicked. I mean, I, Muslim. yes, yes, yes. I mean, and I don't have a dog in the hunt, you know? Me neither. Yeah, but it's just ironic as shit, you know? And uh, yeah, Jamal Harris says, how about Bilal, the technique and the game plan? Yes. Great job. Yes. No, 100%. Yes. I mean, there was yes. no way that that Wonder Boy was coming, you know? And I, I figured it, you know, because Wonder Boy, you know, he's all about the karate. And as mm -hmm. we were talking with Shohei Yamamoto, uh, mm -hmm. yesterday, and if you guys haven't seen that that interview, go ahead. It's in the archive. But uh, you know the karate in terms of 
the traditional aspect of it. It's awesome to be traditional, but it mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily work in this mixed martial arts environment. And you almost mm-hmm. have a rubber meets the road, you know, mm-hmm. uh, type scenario. And I think that's it because, you know, Wonder Boy is nearing 40, if not 40 mm-hmm. already. And mm-hmm. look how, I mean, in MMA years, he might as well be 60. You know, he might as well be 60 with no evolution. And again, his uh, two title fights were absolutely abysmal to the extent where I am. I never wanted to see him or Tyron Woodley fight again. And they both took massive L's on the same night in two different sports. So I'm just saying, if you don't, if that's not saying anything, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Again, I've been wanting both men with Woodley and Wonder Boy to retire since UFC 209. Yeah. And they didn't yeah. listen to me and look where they're at now. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Hey, Bilal Muhammad was like, hey, man, let me hit up my brother. I called my brother. Hello. Oh, one of the pages in your game plan book. Sure, brother. Anything for a brother. Okay, brother. No problem, brother. He gets the page. He gets faxed to him. He reads it. He's like, oh, okay, shut his legs down. What does he, what, what is his primary weapon? What are his primary, his legs, those pair of legs, shut them down, hit the double, shut the legs down, tie them up, tie them up and just pound away. Dagestani handcuff on the backside and pound away with the free hand. And that's all he did. Got him to the ground, tied up one of his legs and pounded away. Dagestani on the outside and pound away. And he did that for 15 minutes. Nothing fancy, nothing great. Get the double leg, take him down, tie his legs up so he can't get up. At least tie one of them up. You know, you need at least one. He can't he can't do anything with 50% of his legs. He can't, you know, because you got your whole weight on the other leg that's tied down. Now you can handcuff the other leg, the, uh, uh, one of his arms and fire away. And he did that for the entire time. Why stand? with a dynamic striker, when you can simply take them down. Common sense, common sense. Sometimes you don't have to be uh, a flashy. You don't have to impress anyone. It's about the W. In this case, it was about the W. It was about the dominant performance. It was about shutting down the opponent. It was about showing the UFC brass intelligence. Bilal Muhammad, remember the name, did exactly that. He, uh, he hit all uh, beavers, you know, that pops up in the, the game that you hit. Rock'em, sock'em, what, what do you call that? The beaver game? The head pops up, you hit him. <laughs> you knock it down. What's that game called? Whack-a-mole? Whack-a-mole, yeah. Whack-a-beaver, whatever. <laughs> he, he smashed every last one of them beaver heads right back into the hole, man. Balai hit a home run. An MMA home run yesterday. Shout out to Bilal Muhammad. He didn't take any damage. Guess who is ready for an emergency fight? If there's a title fight and they need to fill it, fill in a. a, a <laughs> Bilal Muhammad is ready because he took zero damage. He took zero damage and then he grabbed that microphone and he talked a bunch of shiznit. That's how you win a match. That's how you rock the mic. And hopefully, the two thirds of of the whole is enough to help him build this platform so he can hit a complete home run for the night. 
Uh, I don't know what his platform is like, but the mic skills was on point. The fight skill was on point. The rest is up to him. Just taking a quick inventory. We got <laughs> whacking beavers, yeah. the black hole, and on point. There's no jokes in there at all. Yeah. Uh, not at all. But uh, I don't know if you know, but, uh, you know, Beaver could be referenced as a lady's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a Beaver. Yes. <laughs> Christ. But yes, Bilal Muhammad, you know, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Bilal Muhammad, you know, moves on and advances. Um, you know, I, again, Wonder Boy, retire. Tyron Woodley, retire. Please. Just please can like I mean whatever you know like the Wonder Boy or the Thompson Family Karate Studio that ain't it you can have fights there it's it's a spacious damn thing they have an estate that they live on that the Wonder Boy as a thirty eight year old gentleman still lives with his parents which if you lived in the castle why the fuck leave I why mean, not it, it's it's work for Prince Charles and Camilla right so whatever the fuck. <laughs> Right, so I'm just saying, you know, and they killed uh, Princess Diana. Damn it, I'm just saying, um, yeah. never forget. But never. uh, one thing that we should never forget is the main events of the evening. We had one Chris Dawkins against the Black Beast, Derek Lewis, and this one was a short affair because this got ended in a short affair. I mean, Derek Lewis. Literally, I mean, Derek Lewis punches are like dynamite. It just knocks you dead. You you explode to smithereens and what have Mm -hmm. you. But it was even worse because there was a bit of a scuffle, a kerfuffle, because Chris Dawkins was already on roller skates in a bit of an interaction that they had just a few seconds before the actual knockout, right? But it put him in a position where he was unguarded. Literally, mm-hmm. Derek Lewis had the back of his head with his left hand and punched him with the right hand. It was a short right hand and down and a full power short punch from Derek Lewis. Good mm-hmm. fucking God. This was, oh, this was insane. This was absolutely insane. Um, and again, Nothing against Chris Dawkins, right? But Chris Dawkins, much like Ciro Gan, right? And I'm not trying to compare their fight acumen or anything like that because Ciro Gan is, you know, kind of etching out one Chris Dawkins in this particular category. When you think of overall combat sports, he's a multiple-time heavyweight champion in Muay Thai before coming into the UFC and getting a interim title, right? Yeah, and an undefeated record that is still unblemished, right? But Derek Lewis, you don't cut that motherfucker out. Not at all. You know, he doesn't even care about the title. He's just like, he literally said in his post fight, hey, uh, if you're going to fucking change the rules for me to make title fights three rounds, I'm in. But if not, don't even fucking look at my phone. Don't even don't put me in any one of your main events. I don't want to be in any one of your main events. It's going to be five rounds. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'll take the co-main event. I don't want to be in your main event. I can dig it. The man's about his bread. You know what I'm saying? Hey, look, this is combat sports. You're slamming bones against bone for money. You know what I mean? People people take it 
as something else. It's it's not that complex. It's not that complex. It's very simple. You know what I mean? We are in this to win. Yeah, there's a belt that comes with it when you're the very best. But but that should not be your primary focus. Your money should be your primary focus. Potentially, if you take serious damage, you want to be able to pay your doctor's fees. This is should be the very most important thing for you. That belt is not going to pay your doctor's fees. It's not. Charles Oliveira won the title. He had to fight one more time to start making money. You know what I mean? Uh, he took the wrong road to the title. Uh, uh, that's my my personal opinion. I believe he took the wrong road to. Why would you line up when you can do your absolute best to try and and and, and he could have antagonized Conor McGregor and and got himself a fight, you know? But it's very simple to antagonize Conor McGregor. Just talk a bunch of shit to him. Talk some smack to him. You know, Conor is a, a, a man of, of, um, of integrity, so to speak, right? If you question his integrity, he will see you in the cage. That's all you have to do is question his integrity and go for the money fight. If you can beat Conor, <laughs> you will damn near skip 10 or 15 people to get to the title shot. It's that simple. It's that simple. It's that simple. Because once you beat Conor, you become an icon automatically because he is that polarizing. He is that polarizing. Everyone that's beaten Conor McGregor has gone on to fight in a title match. They've all gone on to fight in a title match. You know what I mean? Check the records. It's a fact. It's a fact. They skip the line and go on to fight for the title, with the exception of Nate Diaz, of course. Nate, you know, he's not into titles. He doesn't give a damn about titles because he's an intelligent human being. He realizes that the path to the title is not the path to this. And he's about this. You know what I mean? When you come from nothing and you are hungry, nine times out of ten, this comes first before some gold belt. Gold belt don't feed the family. It doesn't. It doesn't. Money fights feeds the family. Even now, now after he's got the belt, now he's talking about, oh, I'll fight Conor McGregor right now because we need to feed the family. We need to Go. Come on, man. You good? You're all good? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh! He, he went into the shadow realm, which, uh, Jamal Harris, your comment sounds uh, even better right now. Uh, send him to the shadow realm. It's a dark place. Uh, apparently, Chris Dacus is there and uh, waiting to greet. Uh, <laughs> waiting to greet Voodoo Maximus. But, yeah, man, this one... It was a short, short affair, you know. Um, Derek Lewis, what can you say or not say about it? Uh, and especially a particular fan in the crowd got a crazy uh, souvenir because you know what Derek Lewis doesn't give a shit about in addition to five-round fights? Doesn't give a shit about his cup because as soon as he was able to relinquish it, he relinquished that damn thing into the crowd. Which uh, 
Jamal Harris says, send him to the shallow realm. It's a dark place. He was talking, <laughs> he was talking about Chris Dawkins, but I, I, I have a feeling that Chris Dawkins met you there with open arms and pushed you right back here <laughs> to, be, to be here with us. Right? That's exactly what uh, happened. How's the shallow realm? Hey, he Yu-Gi-Oh'd that son of a gun. Hey, man, look. It's, it, wait, when you are fighting someone, first of all, who is 30 to 40 pounds heavier than you, when you are fighting an individual like this and you have 25 minutes, why are you going at him in the first round? Let him come to you. Let Chris Dawkins got the footwork. He's got the boxing. He, he's got the tools to beat Derek Lewis. But yet his ego got in the way. Why would you stand toe-to-toe and exchange shots against someone who we all know is a devastating puncher. All he needs to do is hit you one time, and that's that. As you can see, this is what happened in the matchup. Uh, why? Why? Why, Officer Dawkins? Is it because he is a former criminal and you have to show him that you are tough? You need to show the former criminal that you are tougher than him? You are the law? huh? Are you Judge Dredd? Are you the law? I am the law. You need to show him you're the law, how tough you are. No, you need to use your sense. You need to use your common sense, your brain. You need to exercise excellent brain power and let, you need to invite him into deep waters. Let him come into deep waters. Let him tire a little bit, you know? Grapple him a little bit. Let him burn some, some, some energy. We all know he doesn't like to go five rounds. Well, take him where he doesn't want to be. This is common sense. Dawkins is still young in the game, and I'm sure this fight will help teach him the lessons he needs to learn so he can come back next time, and when he's in this situation again, he can exercise good judgment, right? Exercise good judgment and fight the man like he's supposed to fight him. He is stronger than a bull elephant in the first round. Why would you engage something so powerful in the first round? That I cannot explain. That only Mr. Darkest, I mean, Officer Darkest can explain this to you because that made absolutely no sense whatsoever. Whatsoever. Ain't going to be no police cover-up in this one because we all saw it. Everyone had their cell phones out, and they saw you messed up, and you paid for it. And uh, hopefully, Officer Darkus, you yourself learn from this very stupid mistake that you made because you cost me some money. I didn't bet, but if I would have bet, I would have bet on you, and I would have been very upset, Officer Darkus, if you caused me to lose my hard-earned money. And uh, it's unfortunate that 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 he went out like that. He, he he has way more skill than he showed. He let his ego get the best of him, and he went to sleep for it. Yeah, and it's uh it's weird. Uh, Jamal said, "Yep, Dawkins is goofy." With he the goofy face. Yeah, and uh, I love this. I love this. Uh, Bruce Rob Trotter says, "In regards to Wonder Boy, hey guys." No need to change his name to Wonder Man. The more accurate nickname for him now would be Stephen Irrelevant Thompson. Agreed? Fuck yes, I agree. Nonsensical. 
Yeah, uh, Thompson. Uh, shit stain. You douche. I mean, I'm, he's he's not a douchebag. I'm not gonna say that. But garbage juice. Garbage juice. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> as long as there's a threat of a takedown, he will continue to be irrelevant. If there's a threat of a takedown, he will continue to be irrelevant because this is what you do to dynamic fighters. You take them down. When you take them down, you keep them down. You know what I mean? Like the man. <laughs> like the man. Wow. Like the man. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Well, what, okay. One thing I don't understand, right? Like, yeah. If you are a dynamic striker, right, and you don't want to fucking learn new takedowns and all that shit like that, why compete in the fucking anime deal in the first place? There's Muay Thai. There's fucking, you know, it, what, is is karate being a traditional karate fighter? You know, are we not getting paid the same amount of money as even jujitsu people and what have you? You know, uh, like, what the fuck is going on? Or, But it's kind of wild to me because, like, Again, the Thompsons live in a palatial estate. It's an estate. I mean, they did the last uh, I, last time that they did a uh, UFC embedded or not an embedded, but a countdown show for mm -hmm. Wonder Boy. It's a fucking estate, man. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it must cost in, in South Carolina, and I don't know when it was built or whatever, but that would be a $5 million house in California deal. Five mm -hmm. to $10 million. They live in an estate. Right, and then the 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 dojo is a big cavernous fucking thing. You could have fights in that place. So they have hundreds of students, hundreds. Right. So they have hundreds of students. So why don't they give back it to their community and have fights and tournaments and offer up real fucking money? I don't know. It's a very good it, question. It, it ain't as wondrous question. as it as it seems to be. Uh, Wonder Boy Thompson. I, I don't know, man. It's it's weird. It's weird. I I don't know. I, I guess he assumed that since Bilal is an excellent striker, that he was gonna stand toe to toe with him and strike with him and be honorable. <laughs> Ain't no honor amongst thieves, man. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no honor amongst thieves. I don't have to stand and fight you where you are best, so we can give a great show to the audience. Why would I want to do that? when I could just snatch up a W over a top-notch fighter, a top-10 fighter, easy money, why wouldn't I want to do that? And then save myself from getting damaged. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Bilal Muhammad can fight today, right now, mm -hmm. if he has to. Yeah. He can take a match right now yeah. if he has to because he took zero damage. He took zero damage and his opponent took all the damage. Mm -hmm. This is what mixed martial arts all about. Yeah. This is how you exploit those who are exploitable. You know what I'm saying? He did what he had to do. I'm not even mad at Bilal Muhammad. It was a boring match. One of the most boring matches I've ever seen. It's even it came it came close to as boring as Tyron Woodley and 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 Steven Wonderboy. It was just as boring. You know what I mean? For your average fan. But for those diehard people who know what they're looking at, it was an excellent, excellent, excellent strategy by Bilal Muhammad. He khabibed them. He pretty much khabibed them to oblivion. And he took the title, uh, the, the, the win, the W. He took the W, flawless victory, you know, with the exception of the fatalities. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Jamal King Harris says, I I'd go, you know, to a Thompson Karate Federation. See, I just named it for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah what uh, I almost said KFC, but it would be a... <laughs> Oh, fuck. I'll go there too. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, and uh, great idea. No, I appreciate it. You know, and uh, Tyson Duckworth from uh, Alaska. He says it's not who is the best fighter; it's yeah. who fights best. Boring equals smart. Yeah, right. Uh, and right. Uh, and uh, Jamal Harris says, "I love the analogy. I tell my teammates all the time that you take them down." You maul them and never leave your hands on the mat. You'll regret it and get stuck. That's right. 100%. That's right. And uh, Bruce Bob Chowder saying, Doc is be applying for his cop job now. <laughs> Reapplying <laughs> for the cop job, trying to get his pension back. What you guys think? Uh, yeah, that's a pretty, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's that's a hey, pretty plausible hey, scenario. After, after Derek Lewis knocked some sense into him. He's going to be like, what was I thinking? Trying to be a wait, fighter. <laughs> wait, but that, I mean, theoretically, if uh, metaphorically Chris Dawkins died last night at the hands of Derek Lewis, would that make him a cop killer? Not that I condone it, but there is an, a body count song uh, in front of my... I see called cop killer. So I'm just, <laughs> just yeah. So hey, wouldn't that be great if if he came out to that song yesterday? That would have been perfect. Oh, he would have not that would have been <laughs> that would have not flied on ESPN, the Disney Channel, plus the fucking UFC that are all about the what is it, the fight for our troops and shit. That would have not flied oh, at all, oh you know. And Bruce oh. Chatter says, uh, Dawkins uh, <laughs> forgot that cops only fight with guns, so he needs to go back to the next time. He'll pop at least five caps in Derek Lewis. <laughs> then Before we'll see, the match. Then we'll, then we'll see who wins. Coming in with the heat uh, and colors, colors. Uh, I'm a nightmare walking. Yes, talking. Yes, he really could him. Uh, since my last fight, this has always been my strategy. Being at uh, at extreme, I mm -hmm. use uh, Julian Baez for my striking mm -hmm. if game plan mm -hmm. doesn't work. Yep, 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 yep. Straight up, man. Hey, easy path, path of least resistance always take that in a, in a mixed martial arts fight i don't care i don't care what the fans are trying to see i will only give you what you're trying to see if there's something in it for me it's the pay grade let's say i'm fighting conor mcgregor guess what i will be as flashy and exciting as as possible but if i'm in line for the title i'm stacking w's i'm stacking w's if I'm in line for the title, I'm stacking W's because it's not worth me risking my place in line trying to be flashy like Mr. Dawkins here, trying to be flashy, want to stand and bang with, with Derek Lewis. Come on, man. The most knockouts. He was tied for the most knockouts in the Federation. You want to, you want to, you want to, you want to play chicken with Derek Lewis and head on traffic? Come on, man. 
You're talking about a big rig going against an F F-150 truck. This is the issue that we have here. The big rig will always smack the shiznit out of an F-150 truck. Though it's an F-150 Raptor, you know, it can do all this fancy, fancy driving. But when you go up against a, a mat truck, you will get flattened. And he got flattened. He should have known better. He should have been running circles around Derek Lewis. This is what common sense tells us to do. If you're a fighter and you're going up against such an opposition, you got to score points. Score points. And if he's tired enough, you go in for the kill. But you don't go after him when he's strongest. What was he thinking? I, I, I'm sure he's at home right now in a dark room, holding his head, thinking, why did I do something so stupid? He was in line, in position to steal third or fourth place in the division. Third or fourth place. He was in line for an easy transition into the who is who of the heavyweight division. And he blew it. He blew it. He blew it. He could have easily gone past uh, uh, Curtis, Curtis Blades. Because Curtis Blades is the toughest fight in the heavyweight division, if you ask me. He is the toughest fight in the heavyweight division because he will mix martial arts you to oblivion and slice you up with these. At least Derek Lewis will just put your lights out. No pain, no foul, no gain. You know, you won't feel the pain. You will just understand you'll wake up two weeks later and realize, oh man, I lost to Derek Lewis two weeks ago. I guarantee you he's still sleeping. You know, he could have easily gone past Curtis Blades, but no, nah, he wanted to be a tough guy. He wants to be the 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 tough guy with it. He got what was coming. Now you said uh, something about a big rig versus a F one fifty. But what if you're Johnny <laughs> Hendricks, the big rig, uh, driving an F one fifty? Who wins that collision? I fucking don't know. If it was Johnny Hendricks on the juice like he used to be on, then I'll put my I'll put my money on the F one fifty. On juice, <laughs> on juice, which is uh, Vitor Belfort, right? Listen, uh, and the entire card of the first twenty-five UFCs, good god. Um, but yeah, man, it's a uh, it's a wild world that the UFC is. Which uh, I think, if this is the final UFC of the uh, of the twenty twenty year or twenty twenty one, I should say. So, uh, man. I think I think we should get back the week after uh, the Christmas holiday, and uh, let's say we do a year in review show. Yeah, we you can do that. that. We can do yeah, that. Definitely yeah. do that. So that will be our final voodoo in the woods uh, of 2021, our year in review, right after Christmas and what have you. Get you all warm and fuzzy, and then be like Derek Lewis and throw a cup in your fucking face. That's what unless we, do. we unless we snatch an emergency interview. Unless we, you know what I mean, then we, we might go that route. But yeah. if we don't snatch a, a a a potential interview, you know what I mean, then then we will do the the closing the closing year and the show like like Mr. Woods just said. But if we if we happen to come across a a a a, a super interview, we're gonna jump on that and we yes. will be right back. Right back. <laughs> so again, the only way that you can be abreast of either scenario is if you subscribe to the voodoo in the woods youtube 
and Facebook pages, along with Bodyslam.net, which is also where you can stream this very podcast. And shout out to the entire Bodyslam.net family there, which we are a part of. So again, get your fix. Come and join us because uh, it's good. It's a fork mm-hmm. in the road, and it's like a fork and spaghetti. You want to eat that shit up. So eat us up. I think that's what we went with because you went that's with right. the, the wacka beaver. I'm going to eat me. <laughs> so uh, there you go. But this is Voodoo in the Woods for this week. Uh, Voodoo, where can they find you on social media? You can definitely find me on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook page, Twitter, and uh, Snapshot. Snap, snap, snap. Snapchat, Snapchat. Yeah, the chapter uh, snap. Voodoo Maximus, Voodoo Maximus. I'm according to words across the board. Uh, you just put that in the Google machine, you'll find this face that is uh, made for radio, not for TV, but somehow uh, video killed the radio star. So there That's you right. go. And we will see you next time right here on Voodoo in the Woods. We are out. Mm-hmm.